Welcome to Define You Radio, where you get lessons, tips, and more from those who decided to define life on their own terms and are changing the lives of others. Pens and papers ready. Class is now in session. Well, hello and welcome to Define You Radio Classes in Session. I am your host, the Southern Belle of Bold Valencia Griffin Wallace. And guess what? It is a hot seat Tuesday. And I am joined by my fabulous co host, Miss LaVon Copeland and Shannon Ward. Queens, if y'all want to say hello. Hello, everybody. It's going to be a a really interesting show Guys, make sure you are subscribed and connected to all things Define You You can visit defineuradio.com for more information You can also go to Define You Radio's Facebook page And leave your comments on, you know, tonight's show or or any show Um, You could also inbox me or LaVon or Shannon with questions. Tonight we are touching a very serious topic, and um, I know sometimes people don't like to comment publicly or get on the line. So this month we are talking about challenging expectations, and we are discussing the myth of the strong woman and depression and suicide and things that we deal with that leads to depression and possibly suicide. So without any further, you know, intro, we're going to just go ahead and jump right in. If you have any questions or comments, again, you can put them on Facebook or inbox us, or you can press 1 if you're listening live. And if we have a chance, we'll go ahead and get to you. So um, I wanted to kind of kick off in, in with my queens, and I was doing a little research. I know we all did in regards to this show, and one of the reasons <clears throat> we're talking about it because I think what within the last week, week and a half, um, Kate Spade, who's a purse designer, I don't own any of her purses. I think she designs, like, other stuff, committed suicide, and Anthony Bourdain, I'm probably messing his last name up, which I used to love watching him on TV. He made me want to travel and try weird stuff. Um, Committed suicide also. And those are, quote, unquote, celebrities. And they had money. And so if you think about, and the reason why I say that, because if we think about why people go into a depression and possibly commit suicide, I'm pretty sure financial reasons are up there. Um, what do you guys think about that, Levine? That is um, absolutely, I think, from what I've looked at, that um, financially the statistics show that based on income levels, people are sometimes seems like more apt to um, suicide. One of the there's like two pressing um, demographics. You have those people that they consider that are like below poverty, poverty and below poverty level, and they actually have the number that they gauge is about thirty four thousand dollars. Is what people are under that level 
that are bringing in that amount of money um, a year, they are they term it, you know, trying to keep up with the Joneses or trying to live above their means. And because of the stress um, of trying to stretch themselves thin, spending more than what they have, the surmounting debt that occurs, that they're more apt to commit suicide. And then you have those demographics of that is considered the wealthy, and which is what we've seen in, you know, the past two weeks as far as seeing um, with Kate. Um, suicide was the first one that happened And it is actually I was amazed at looking at the data That the age range Where you see the highest Is usually those that are 29 To um, 50 That are considered High income Those individuals with high income Are more susceptible to Committing suicide So it led me to You know I thought we would talk about tonight When you see people In a higher tax bracket Because sometimes I think mentally We think we can understand Or we maybe can put our minds around A person that is poverty level Or below poverty level You know with surmounting debt And committing suicide But when you see someone that you think Has everything what pushes them to that place? Great points. Great points. And, you know, when you were talking, and this was like years ago, years ago, mm-hmm. Heath Ledger committed mm-hmm. suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I just thought about that. And I don't remember his age, but I, I loved him. And he was really kind of coming into the height of his career, so to speak. Some people say playing um, Joker. I think he played Joker Joker. on one of the Mm -hmm. Batman movies. Uh, Mm -hmm. Drove him crazy or whatever. But um, his name just came to my mind. But personally, and I talk about it, you know, in, in Motherless Child, you know, my uncle committed suicide, and I think this was like 2007. Do y'all know personally someone who has committed suicide? I do. I know, I know of someone, but I don't. I know one personally, no. Okay, I Levon, do. I, um, mhm. No, I was going to ask you: Were you surprised? Yes, very. Very. Um, it. Um, it was um, a very, I would say, a very life-changing moment um, for me. It was um, it was a very difficult. I didn't ex- expect it. I didn't even realize that um, there was anything going on, you know. You think this person was happy. We were talking about, you know, college classes and furthering their education and setting up savings accounts and, you know, and this was, you know, for to do this with the 19-year-old. And then, you know, when I got the call that morning, um, yeah, it was it was very, very difficult. It took me, blindsided me. And, Shannon, what about the person you know of that committed suicide? Well, that one kind of took a lot of people by storm because it was actually a 11-year-old girl. Mm. Um, and 
you know, she was being picked on, you know, the bully stuff, and um, it was her little brother that walked in and found her. Oh, wow. Um, so that would just kind of kind of shook the whole, you know, town, city, like the, everybody. Um, actually, my brother's coworker, um, you know, we, they grew up, my parents grew up with him and, and everything, so, you know, we know the family. Um, so that one was really like, you know, we just saw her, you know, doing this, and it was like, what happened? How did you know? How did they get to that? So it was really kind. It was. It was just honestly like there was no words for it. Like you don't. You can't say, you know, I'm sorry. Yeah. How you feel? There was none of that. Like you just felt numb. You know, yeah. you didn't know what to do, what to think, what to feel. Like you know, it was. It was devastating. Yeah. Mm. That that gave me chills because you because you wonder, and I know eleven year olds and you know teenagers and people period have more pressure on them um, than back in the day, so to speak. Because now, you know, it's one thing comparing yourself to your friends at school or people around you, but now you got all of social media. You know, mm-hmm. perpetuating a a lie slash lifestyle that can fuel right. that. But one of both something both of you guys said, and something I will add: my uncle, um, who committed suicide, there was no oh he sad and then he killed himself. It was mm-hmm. completely out of the blue for me. So, and mm-hmm. I want to want to get you guys thoughts on this because. There's a difference between sad and and depression. It is. And I think a a lot of times we'll say, um, I think we we don't really use the word depressed when we should. Yeah. Uh You know, because that's like a a taboo, you know, kind of like one of those what goes on in this house stays in this house. Like, don't be saying you depressed, girl. You just sad. Mm-hmm. You know, pray about it. You better go to go to God. Shannon, mm-hmm. your thoughts. <laughs> you you really don't want my thoughts on that. <laughs> um, my thoughts on that is, and from my from personal experience, it's like you said. It's not just sad. It's not that. It's a it's a deep darkness within yourself that you just cannot to get out of. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and, and and I know at least for me, it was at that point where I was I was there at one point, it was almost, and like you said, because I guess it's a taboo thing, so you don't say it, and you just try to push through it. You you go through it, but when you get home by yourself, you, you know, you do all, you're crying all the time, and you don't want to be bothered. You don't want to do this. You don't, you know, you just just there. You just want to be left alone. You want to just, because you don't feel that there's anything else, and especially when you're being told, oh, don't say that, don't speak that over yourself, you, you, you mm-hmm. don't know really how to handle it. You don't know what to do, to, how to do with it. And, and, and I, I mean, I just, I don't really, really understand how to explain it outside of it's not just that. It's, it's just overwhelming darkness all the time. Although you can pretend to smile, but it's an overwhelming darkness that's just like never ending. It it never ends, and no matter what you 
you know, no matter what you've been taught or how you've been raised, because like you said, they tell you, well, pray about it, you know. Um, I actually unfriended a couple people this week on Facebook or last week, rather, because of that very thing. Um, it, it, it irked me because, you know, I read the post, well, I don't care how depressing something may get, suicide is not the answer. That's the, the, the devil is a lie. Mm. And I read another one. Well, even at, no, well, well, first, let me say this. In that same post, someone says, yeah, well, suicide is the post way out. Then I mm. go down a little bit and I read a little more, and somebody else is saying there's other ways to handle this. Suicide is not the answer. Maybe. And I had to comment on, 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 on it because I'm like, first of all, if you've never been there, you have no idea. What it says, like you do not have any idea. I grew up in the church. Grandfather's a bishop, mother's a pastor, father's a preacher, brother. I mean, my whole family. So there's nothing you can tell me to say, well, you know, God understands. Because at the point where I was at, I felt God did not even hear me anymore. So it wasn't mm. a matter of, well, you've got to know God, you've got to get. No, 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 no. I, I knew, I listen, I, today I know God mm-hmm. on a whole different level, but at that point, I felt God could care less about me because if God cared about mm-hmm. me, God would not allow all the pattern of things that were happening in my life. He wouldn't let them happen. And so you telling me that that's of the devil and, honey, you got to pray and get in your word and, and, and the Bible says I keep you in peace. Yes, it does say that. But tell me something that I, could, that I need for right now. Tell me what's going to help me feel better right now. Tell me what's going to make me want to live right now because none of that's working. Jesus. So to tell somebody, oh, you got to go to God, that's just like I can teach you to fish and you can you, you can live for the rest of your life or I can give you a fish. You can tell me to go to God, but that's not going to do a thing for me. Show me. Show me. Work with me. Matter of fact, your hug and understanding would probably do a little bit more for me than you telling me I need to go to God. You wrapping mm. your arms around me and telling me I'm going to fight this out with you would have done much more than telling me go to God. Because Amen. what I needed, you know, what I needed was more than just your, the words of saying, go to God because that's of the devil. And, 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 and to, even, to, to me, to even allow somebody to put suicide as the punk way out on your post and you condone it. That to me, and, and, and it, that really got me because I was like, well, where is God in this? Where was God in this posting mm-hmm. and in all these comments? Where is God at in this? You know, so since you don't understand it, for a fact, now I look at what I've dealt with now as I say, you know, I had to deal with that. That was something God had to take me through because at the moment, I didn't, there was nothing out. I had already wrote my suicide note. All of that was planned. I already, I had it messed out. I was going to go get up, act like I'm going to work, take my son to my mother's house, drop him off, let her think I was going to work. His father was going to work. I was going back to the house and end it. Nobody would have known to even look for me until later when it was time for me to be off work and pick up my baby. By then, it would have been over. That was the plan. However, that wasn't God's plan. And, yes, God did come in and and work things out. But I can say now, yeah, I needed to go through that because it's a part of who I am. It helps me to have more understanding. It helps me to reach out. It helps me to understand the level of, of darkness that can overtake a person. Yes. So it's not just the sadness. It is absolute 
I, I just, I don't even, it's, it's just pure dark all the time. And there is no light. You don't see light. You can't feel light. You can't, you, try, you can't even find light when you're trying to look for it. So, yeah, it's just not sadness. It's more than that. And, and, and to tell somebody, you know, to pray about it, that, that's, that's not the answer. That's really just not the answer. You, you can be praying for them, but, you need to, but there's got to be some more about it. There's got to be something else that you, you need to intervene with if you want to do something. And some, some action steps. Um, one of the things I learned <clears throat> after, you know, my uncle committed suicide was he did go to his pastor. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, he, 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 for, he went to his pastor and a couple of people, you know, in my, in my family, and he was told, even by his pastor, um, just just pray about it. And, you know, I've gotten, of course, third-party information, so I don't know what's true and what's not. But uh, it was told to me that he was told you, that he was saying that he was hearing the hearing voices or something like that telling him to kill himself. And the pastor was just telling him, pray about it, so on and so forth. Um, mind you, my uncle was a, a Marine and then got out and became a fireman. So when we talk about the myth mm-hmm. of the strong woman, I guess I should have put the myth of being strong, period. Because, you know, yes. when you think about strong military-wise, you think in a Marine. And then you yeah. think, you know, then a fireman. So, you yeah. know, um, so these are the things I was told. And, you know, I had to go to God not to, God forgive me, cut up at his funeral because I had questions. Because it it, right. it was unexpected to me, but it wasn't unexpected to the people he was opening up to. Wow. Which I can imagine how hard that was being the strong man we all knew him to be. And for him to open open up to others and say, hey, I'm dealing with this, that in itself <laughs> took something, you know, so... Um, LaVon, have you ever felt that depressed to, you know, share if you want or not, you know, how we how we do? But have mm-hmm. you ever felt that depressed or close to that depressed? I can say I, I've been there and I've experienced that. And I would say, especially with the topic of being, you know, that strong woman, I am that person that everyone goes to. You know, I would say I probably have more secrets than Victoria. You know, I <laughs> I just, because, I mean, everyone, you know, and I actually yeah. was sharing this with my husband not too long ago, that I'm that person, everyone and I and I can actually say everyone in my circle that will come to and will share their secrets and people will tell you they've never, never heard it again once they talk to me. You know, and it is I was always that person where I kept everything, I was holding everyone else's stuff. And for me, when I was experiencing and going through a dark time I was like, okay, so who am I going to talk to? Because, you know, when you know everybody else's stuff, you know everybody's got stuff going on. 
then who you going to talk yeah. to? Because mm-hmm. you, you don't want to go talk to them. Well, I already know she's going through this. I know their marriage is going through this. I know they're struggling here. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew all of this. So I was that, I was just, it was just building up inside of me. And and I tell and no and you all will be hearing this first because I have not shared this with anyone. Um, well, but you. when I felt like I was at that point, and Shannon said it perfectly, it is it's a darkness. It is a darkness that's consuming. Uh-huh. It's in some, and I always felt like you know now that I can think about it and I talk about it and I go you know reflect on it, it's like now I can see how I slowly it felt like I was digging a hole that I was burying my own stuff in. I was digging my own grave because I felt like I just kept getting deeper and deeper into this place of darkness. And uh-huh. to look at me, you would never know it. To talk to me, you would never know it. But, you know, no one would know the cry, to cry yourself to sleep. And I never forget the day I was like, I really was just totally done. And I know for beyond the fact I was, you know, I knew God had a call for my life because even after taking, you know, so many pills and and I don't even know why how I, I was functioning. I was actually in the midst of planning something for someone else, and my husband asked me to go for a ride. And for some reason, and he didn't even know I was walking around full of pills. Mm-hmm. And somehow, when we got in the car, his car had these automatic seat warmers. Where something somehow the seat warmer got hit somehow. And it heated up, and it caused my body temperature to get so hot that when we I just started throwing up everywhere. Wow. And I mean, I had not been sick. I had not was you know no reason for me to be throwing up, but I you know just vomit everywhere. And I know that it's the only reason that I'm here today. And even still looking, he keeps saying that the seat was not on, but I know the seat got hot and I got hot. And I was trying to walk up our driveway and I was just like laying in the front yard just throwing up and. He brought me in the house, and I laid down. And, I mean, to this day, I I just know that that's when I was like, okay, I know God had a better call, but it is a darkness. And uh, with the topic of the show, not only the strong woman, but those strong men, that strong person, mm-hmm. you have to check in because if you're always, if you know you can look at your circle, whether it's two or it's 20, you can pretty much much point out that one person that you know everybody goes to. You can look in your family, that person that's holding everything together. They're making sure that everybody is showing up. They're making sure that every I is dotted, every T is crossed, everything is planned. They're keep you know, they're making sure everything is done. But then if you stop and think when is the last time that person told you what they were going through? And you think, oh, they're so strong. They got it together. And the one thing I can say, I agree with Shannon, you can't tell people to pray. Just go to God, give it to God. You know, he's going to take care of it. I'm very fortunate um, at my church. My bishop has dealt with this. This is his field of expertise. So he will be the first one. Yes, we let us pray for you, but I'm going to need you to go get some help. Amen. Right. I'm gonna need you to go talk to somebody. He'll be like, "Let us pray for you, but I'm gonna need you to go get some help." 
Um, so he will be the first to do that. But I can say for myself, I know at that point, you get to that place where, and I remember crying and saying, I was praying for everybody else, even during this. I was praying for other people, but I could not pray for myself. Mm -hmm. I couldn't even pray for myself. That is, um, and I want to just remind the listeners, um, I kind of knew about Shannon, kind of. Had no idea about um, LaVon. And, well, both of y'all read Motherless Child, and Mm -hmm. so y'all know, you know, bits and pieces of my story with that, um, which I did leave some things out, of course. But that's like the hardest, one of the hardest things, because, you know, as you were talking, LaVon, I'm like, if, if people ask that question, who circle, you know, I'm in their circle, people definitely, mm-hmm. um, I think, would point to me because that's mm-hmm. one of the things I hear all the time is being so, so strong and you're so strong at everything else. And mm-hmm. I kind of pride myself on that, ever, you know, because strength was all I had growing up, yeah. you know. So I, al- so I always prided myself on being strong, so I absorbed a lot. So now, and I, I want to say this, and thank God for, you know, people that every now and then will come in and say, you know, um, is there anything I could help you with or how can I support you? And I still, I'm not going to lie, I'm, I'm like, what? You know, it's it's mm-hmm. a weird feeling. And me being who I am, I'll say, you know, well, thank you for asking, and I'll just leave it at that. You know, I'm working on that. I'm, I'm still growing yeah. in that area but um I know my my depression and I love the words that I use with talking about it being a a darkness and I'm talking about the blackest night mm-hmm. ever no stars you can't see your yeah. hand in front of your face but I remember mm-hmm. I felt myself going there like I felt it it didn't just like I woke up one day and was depressed and that's mm-hmm. that was my experience, and I don't know if that's like how it happens. Like it's a spiral. Uh, you start sad, and then it just grows and grows. But I remember um, talking to my um, now deceased grandmother and was telling her some of the things was going on, and because um, I felt like a prisoner, you know, I yeah. felt like, and and so you know, in in my marriage, in my house, you know, I didn't feel like me and her response being you know old school who she was and how women dealt with things back then was you know well you should just be happy being at Mm -hmm. home having the life you have okay I understand that so so the add on top of me feeling whatever kind of way you're adding guilt which furthers my my depression because guess what Mm -hmm. you should be happy Valencia so something is really mm-hmm. I I swear my my diary from that time period is like it's it's disgusting there's no other words and I said honestly I was going to um burn burn that and several other diaries I kept when I was going through things cuz I don't want my son to read that stuff ever yeah um and so I did reach reach out to the closest person in my life at the time, which was my grandmother. And so when she said that, it was like adding more dirt 
to, you know, like you said, LaVon, the, the grave I was digging. And, you know, my ex, almost accidental overdose, and I put air quotes because it, it may or may not have been. I just kept taking pills because my depression included severe migraines. Mm-hmm. And so I just um. taking too much and taking too much and taking too much and nothing numbed the pain. You know, um, but it's something when you know you're about to die and when you don't die that really changes you. And um, yes. But it's something we, we don't talk about. And what's crazy, I was watching this documentary on something on uh, Amazon Prime, and they, the lady was saying on there, and she was um, – a pastor, minister, something. But she was saying that, uh, she was talking about this right here, that very, very, the darkest period of our lives, a lot of people don't make it through, but those that make it through end up, it it changes them, and that's when you get to the other side. And she said, she was saying something like when you really have like a really big purpose, or something of that nature, and I'd have to rewatch it. But she said everyone like that goes through a severe darkness that a lot of people don't make it through because, honestly, that changed my life. And had mm-hmm. that not happened, there there probably would not be a define you, you know, because that was the, the catalyst to – Jump start something that in in me, so um and just you know, and I know we got statistics and everything else, but I just wanted to say because I did a little research on the difference between sad and depression, um and I'm reading this article on psychology today, and I'll post it on the page. I'm not going to read the article, but it's a um doctor that and he says to be diagnosed with depression, you need to have at least five of the following symptoms. Um, A depressed or irritable mood most of the time. A loss or decrease of pleasure or interest in most activities. Mm -hmm. Um, Significant changes in weight or appetite. Disturbances in falling asleep or sleeping too much. Uh, Feeling slowed down um, in your movements or restless, feeling tired, sluggish, low energy, having feelings of worthlessness or excessive guilt most mm. days, um, problems with thinking, focus, so on, and having thoughts of dying or suicide. What are what are your thoughts on that, Levon? I I would say that sounds pretty accurate because. Most people, when they are in a state of um, depression, and I, I do agree, I feel like it's a gradual process. It gets you dig deeper and deeper into it. You don't just wake up being depressed, and you become more and more withdrawn. Um, you have, you do have this guilt, like you said, even with your grandmother. You feel guilty that you feel that way. That you, you're guilty in your own self because, like, why am I sad? 
You know, you can say it in looking like I have a house, I have a car, you know, I have kids, my kids are doing well, but why am I still so sad? Why am I feeling so bad? So you begin to guilt yourself more. And then when you hear, you know, and you throw in um, religion when you have, especially I think when you're a Christian and you're raised in church and you feel like I, you've heard um, suicide, when if you kill yourself, you're going to hell. Um, uh-huh. Be able to pray about it. I mean, you hear these things, so you—it's like it's adding those layers on, and you feeling oh. worse and worse. And then you feel like, okay, then you get to that place where you begin—you begin to feel worthless, and then you go to being helpless, and you have no uh-huh. hope, and you become hopeless. So I think wow. as you dig. You go through those stages from being worthless to helpless to hopeless. And usually Uh by the time you get to hopeless, you feel like, okay, what do I have left? Wow. That's very, very eloquently and powerfully put. Um, Shannon, do, okay, after what happened, did you talk to anybody after that, like, you know, and say, hey, I was about to kill myself? Or is that something that uh, it was like you never spoke of, you waited 10, 15, however many years to ever say anything? I actually waited a couple of years. It wasn't, it wasn't um, like immediate. It wasn't, you know, I just, I just, I just, and if I guess to the people around me kind of know how I am, I'll just brush it off like, oh, no, I was just really in my head, and that's just how I left it. No more answers to be given. Don't ask me anymore. I just left it at that at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was, and I mean, like y'all said, it was part of it was guilt because my guilt was you were going to leave a six-month-old baby here. Like, what are you mm-hmm. doing? You know, so it was it was a lot, but I I, I didn't tell anybody. Um, I want to say maybe it was like my baby had to be about four years old then, but I actually said something. So it was it was a couple years after I just I just didn't didn't feel like talking about it because I guess for me I don't like to be well at that time I didn't like being grilled. So I didn't want anybody to ask me, what was going on? Why didn't you come talk to us? Why did, I, didn't, I didn't want to do any of that. Just leave me alone with it. You know, let, I'm, I'm, you know I'm, I'm coming out of it. I'm, you know, just let me deal with what I'm dealing with, but don't ask me questions of what caused it or how I got there or why didn't I say something. I didn't want to do any of that. So, yeah, it yeah. took about four years before I, I actually told anybody, well, you know, I actually was ready to go. LaVon Well I just told y'all for the first time so <laughs> well, I know well, I mean Your husband knows right Or he gonna find out by listening to the show Yeah he listening So he finding out with all of y'all Wow it's just, It was It was Wow I just it, uh you know, because after, I, I mean, I actually 
that day. I remember that day, and when I got up after, you know, later on I got up out the bed after um, feeling a little better, and you know, of course he brought me ginger ale, and I know when I when he, I tell him that day what we did, he's gonna be like, oh my God, he'll remember it perfectly, and. But it's like it was me. I picked myself up and went on, went on to planning the event that I was planning. Mm. Went on and finished decorating and everything. But it began the process of me having the conversation with God and realizing that one that there was a purpose. Because, like you said, after experiencing something like that, you know, you I know that. There was no other way. There was a, a purpose. At that, I would say that was probably when I actually started to seek God for my true purpose um, and began to listen and began to um, to actually seek, you know, and get people, allow people in, like you said, because you don't have people to talk to. But then, you know, I can see where God, he sent people that would, Ask me, you know, can I help you with anything? Can I do this? And I, even today, you know, I still have a hard time. I'm looking like, okay, yeah, um, yeah, let me see. You know, it's like I have to think about it. But he's, um, but I can say I have a good support system now that if I feel um, that way, I know that I have, I do have women that are praying for me, and I know that I have, um, I can voice that I can actually use my voice. I can talk with them and that they will genuinely listen. And I understand that there's nothing wrong with seeking help. If I need to seek help, I understand that there's nothing wrong with that. Well, number one, you know, I really, y'all just, I really appreciate y'all. I just want y'all to, it's it's recorded. It's out there forever. You could go back and listen to this show again if you if either one of you guys ever feel uh, any some kind of way. Just know I love and appreciate both of you guys' um, honesty and your your strength and everything else. So there, it's out there for the world to hear. Um. <laughs> but I I mean. Valencia, you think about it because something Shannon said that I was wanting us to come back to because when you're in that place, you have people yeah. saying, you know, just pray about it, go to church, seek God. and But it made me think, you know, genuinely, if someone asks you if you're okay or even if you tell them, it's like people don't really want to take on that responsibility. Yep. No one wants to have to sit there and have that conversation with you. They don't want to hear it. Um, and it's, and I know it may be because they don't, I don't have the words, so I don't know what to do. But just that hug, you know, that's why you have to be careful what you say to people because your kind words, you know, an embrace, a smile, it could change their life tremendously. But I think we're just in a time where people don't want to slow down long enough to hear the real answer. They don't want to hear the real truth. They rather tell you to go to God. Wow. That's but that's like a hundred and fifty percent true. Um because I'm gonna be honest, when someone comes to me and and I'm learning and I'm still growing into Valencia, I always say that. 
when someone comes to me um, de- and they're dealing with stuff, you know, mm-hmm. I don't always know what to say because I'm still learning, you know what I'm saying? So sometimes mm-hmm. it's, I don't, you know, I'll, I pr- I'll pray for you. is like the easiest thing to go to. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then... I will I will ask, you know, well, what's going on? Do you want to talk about it? Because sometimes people do and sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. And then when they, what I've tried to make a mental note to start doing is give give the, the – say the words I would want somebody to say to me, which may be right or may be wrong, but at least it it's comes from an honest place. You know, and then my my fallback, if it's someone close, well, look, do you want to go get a a daiquiri or you want to go sit at the levee out here or something (laughs) like that and cry it out? Like, what you want to do? Because you know me, I'm very much about action. What you do, I need to come bust up at your house. You know, that's me. I'm still learning how to be that um, emotional friend because I've always been that action step friend, you know. And even you know, and I'm I'm learning and, and growing, and I do have psychology books to go to for reference. Um, I know telling, talking to my my son and my husband about those um, things, which of course we had to have those discussions. Um, for for my husband, it, it was easier because he kind of knew. For my son, different things. Um. Because he sees his mom as the strong woman. Mm-hmm. Well, why would you feel like this? And who 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 did this? Who made you feel that way? You know. Um, so that was a, a different discussion. But I've started making a conscious effort to let him know that hey, any if anything's ever on your mind, you know, you could talk to me. You know, if you're feeling this way or or that way or whatever else. Because we honestly exactly. don't want to think about our kids feeling, you know, sad or depressed. Um, right. True. But those are the, all of us have kids. Is that something that you guys have found a way to talk to your kids about? I mean, that is true. I just wanted to give a statistic right since we're right here. I, one of the statistics that I pulled was um, the leading cause of death as far as um you know, violent crime, suicide being considered a violent crime. And um, and between for the ages of 10, so as young as 10 up yes. until 34, yes, as young as 10 to the age of 34, suicide ranks the number two cause of death. Um, wow. And this is, I'm reading that this is from the CDC um, website. But, I mean, you think 10, as young as 10, and and it is one of those. It, we don't think about our young people um, because you think, what do they have to do? You know, you, you have, I, when I look at my kids, I'm like, y'all don't even clean your own rooms, you know, so what, what could right. you possibly be depressed over, what would we be right. experiencing? But our kids do live in a time of age where technology has made them so vulnerable to, to, to so much because it's opened them up to a world a lot quicker than they should have to. Peer pressure is, and bully 
you know, bulliness even over social media is like crazy. And our oh, people, yeah. our young people, have a lot to deal with. Um, I can say I, I have had that converse, have conversations with my kids, and I'm happy that they feel that they can talk to me because they have actually talked to me about some of their friends, you know, that have felt um, bad, or they will send their friends to talk to me. So, um, but I do think that is a conversation parents need to have with their young people as young as 10 and younger, and especially our kids once they go off to college because you think if they're going away, they're going to a different world, the environment, the cultural differences and everything that changes so much. And then for our young adults that are out of college and just going into the work world, the stress, if they've been on 10 for so long and then they hit the real world, sometimes it can be a scary place for them. Mm. Great, great point. Okay. Now, which which one of you, or do I need to look it up real quick? Because I would like to know um, who commits suicide more, men or women, statistically? Men. Men. Men? men? Yes. Really? Uh-huh. Women have higher rates of depression, but the men yes. actually, I think it's like, when I looked it up, it was like, Seven to one ratio mm-hmm. of men to women, and with white men being the leaders. Uh huh. Really? In the top. Mhm. You know, me and my husband are gonna have a good conversation when we get off this show. Oh lord! Um, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> and it that says men die um by suicide three to um. 3.53 times more often than women, but 7 in 10 um, are usually white males. 7 in 10 of the suicides are usually white males. Now, okay, if we look at women, what in race do black women commit suicide more or white women commit suicide more? I was very surprised that based on ethnicity, that blacks are actually at the bottom. And I well, think you were surprised about black women. Um, <clears throat> and real quick, guys, I want to read a text. Of course, I'm not going to say who it's from because several of the listeners do have my personal um, cell phone number. So I'm going to read this text. Um says, a truly amazing show, honestly, I'm a silently depressed person needing to get right. I can help everybody else then go into a shell of depression, and it has to change. Doctors have tried to put me on medication to be in a better mood, but I just don't want to depend on meds at all. I appreciate you Mm -hmm. all talking about this topic. Thank you so much, honey. And, um, Ladies, uh, what comments would you guys like to make on on that? I, I would say the fact that she already feels that she needs to get right, go do follow the doctor's orders um, and keep pushing. I would definitely mm-hmm. tell you to do that. Keep pushing. Keep 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 yourself surrounded with positive, uplifting people. If yes. they're not around you, then you need to get around some of those. Some people that. Speak life to you. Speak, you yes. know, you know the, the good things. The te- you know, 
because that's important to have around you, that because when you have those dark moments, you're going to need someone that can throw a ray of light your way. Mm-hmm. So you definitely want to make sure you surround yourself with that. So like I said, follow the doctor's orders. Go, you know you need the help. Follow the orders. Get the help. And, and, and make sure you're surrounded by the appropriate people that are going to keep you uplifted and keep you, you know, in prayer, that's going to keep you, you know, motivated, that's going to help you, you know, help you to understand that, that this is just something that, that if you really truly want to, you can push through it. You're a strong woman. Yes. You can fight through it, and you're going to make it. To keep keep yourself surrounded with those people. Yes. I totally agree. Um, that's exactly what I was going to say with Shannon, because we talked about that two weeks ago um, with that circle. You have to have a group of women or a group of support system around you that's going to be able to give those encouraging words. Because when you're in this place, you can't, it is, I'm not going to say impossible, but for me, it was impossible to pray for myself. Yeah. So you have to have somebody that's going to speak those positive words into you, that's going to speak life over you, and that's going to encourage you because you you can't do this in and of yourself. Uh-uh. I mean, it is going to take God, and but you have to understand that God created the doctors. He gave them the wisdom, and he gave uh-huh. them the um, understanding to create the medicine. So if the medicines are what you're going to need, when even when you take the medicines, you take them with the notion that this is going to be a temporary situation until God gets me strong enough to where I need to yeah. be. So I'm going to take this pill today because God is preparing me for a greater tomorrow. So today I'm just planting yes. a seed to help me to grow. And you get women around you that's going to speak into you and that's going to push you and promote you, and you continue to ask God as you take those pills, you know, God, what is it? It's, today is my last day. God, I'm getting stronger and I'm getting stronger. But what you don't do, don't stop believing in yourself and knowing that you are worth it. Absolutely. Amen. And that's I was going to say, take the medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, take the take the medicine, and take the medicine. Pray about it, and you know that way you could grow your way out of it. But I don't yes. like I don't like stitches, right? I don't like stitches. But mm-hmm. if God forbid somebody stabbed me, and I mm-hmm. was going to die or could possibly die, and the thing that could possibly save my life was getting stitches. Um, mm-hmm. And I know my analogy is weird, but that was the first thing that came to my mind. Sometimes you got to get the stitches mm-hmm. and deal with the scar afterwards. Yes. So um, mm-hmm. that would be, excuse me, my, my my advice. And I do understand that not wanting to get addicted to um, medicine or depending on medicine, but you know, you like I said, get the get the stitches and deal with the scar afterwards. Yes, that's yeah. to sum that up. And thank you so much for for sharing for sharing mm-hmm. that. And she said, "Amen." Get the stitches. So we're we'll, we're <laughs> yes. uh, our advice was received. Um, thank you for being honest too yes. to the person that texts me. Um, Cause that was something I didn't know. So we we learned something new, and we're talking about it now. Like we're we're talking yeah. about it now. And that's one of the things that I love 
uh, about the, you know, the Define You Radio community is because this is real talk and the things that women and men need to hear. So why do you think we don't talk about it? Like, you know, I don't, why do you think just, you know, in families we're not talking about it? We never talked about suicide in my family until my uncle committed suicide. You know, and then that was a has who yeah, and this really how it went. Anybody have any of y'all ever felt like committing suicide? And I was surprised of all the women in my family that said yes. Wow! Like I was ask me what happened from that. Nothing. 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 Like there was no uh, family meeting with a therapist or none none of that. It was just like a survey and done. Wow. And, and so, I'm thinking our family have never done that. Never even I've never my, even brought up the topic. Mine either. Do you think it should be? It's something that should be discussed, or or you know, even with girlfriends. Like I've never had that. Um, Discussion. Honestly, I never had that discussion until after the book came out and people read about that, that I ever had that discussion with people, you know, that I would call friends, you know, but it's not something wow. that we, it, it's like, okay, we'll get a daiquiri or maybe not so much me anymore. Guys, let me just throw that out there. But, you know, we would get a daiquiri <laughs> and just talk about what's wrong with us and leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. So what are you guys' um, thoughts? Why do you think we don't have a girls talk powwow about let's let's get down to the ugly? Well, I think I think it's I mean it just really goes back to what you said earlier. It's it's one of those things almost to the degree of if we don't talk about it it doesn't exist. Yes. And exactly. It, you know, and and it it it's just, it's real. I mean, it's there, but, and what I honestly believe a lot of times, and I, you know, and I, let me say I've heard this, um, especially among the black community, they say, oh, that's, that's stuff white people deal with. Black people don't deal with that. Right. You know, we don't, we don't, yeah. we don't have that to deal with. And, and although they, they fail to realize, listen, depression has no preference of color, Race, gender, it really mm-hmm. doesn't even care. It is, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's, it's, it's discussed. Like I said, because if if we don't talk about it, it doesn't exist. I mean, it's like that mm-hmm. with a lot of issues. If if as long as we keep moving, we can ignore it and act like it's not there, and it'll go away. And mm-hmm. the sad truth is, mm-hmm. it's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. So yeah, it needs to be addressed. It needs to be discussed. Um, and it makes me think because one of the things that me and my siblings actually do, because, you know, it's, it's like a tribe of us, 11 of us all together. Yeah, y'all got a soccer team. Okay. <laughs> so what we do, um, we actually have bonfires, just the siblings, where we got a big barrel. We'll find some sticks, trees and stuff, set some stuff on fire, and everybody come around the fire. So we're going to have a little drinks. We'll do that. Whatever we're going to do, but, and always with the notion, well, whatever is said here, it stays here. And we actually discuss a lot of things that might be bothering us or things that we might have felt about certain way, um, situations, things that have happened to us that maybe nobody else knows. And, and I am thinking, I was like, have we ever discussed 
anybody feeling depressed. And wow. we haven't. So at this point, though, now, it's, of course, it's going to be on me. Hey, we need to talk about this. Yeah. Right. You know, this yeah. is something we need to, to make sure that should this come upon one of us, we, we will know what's happening and we can, we can rally around them and, you know, do what we need to do to make sure they get through it. Because, like yeah. I said, it's, it's not discussed. And honestly, I don't even think a lot of times we think about it. We think about it, and it's so funny because we'll talk about sex and we'll talk about relationships mm-hmm. and we'll talk about all the other things, but we never really get down to, to the internal stuff that could, that could make or break us sometimes. You know, it's almost like people are afraid to tackle what they're not sure of. And instead of just saying, hey, I'm not sure of it, but let's talk, they won't do that. So it's just avoided because, one, like I said, they don't understand it. And if we can make it go away by ignoring it. Something you said, Shannon, um, that just really struck me. Because I, before, you know, even doing the show, I asked my husband about, you know, we told him what we were talking about, suicide and all. And he and he made the statement, and you hear this, and you said it also, as black people, one, we don't usually talk about it. We feel like if we don't talk about it, then it don't exist or it's just going to go away. But what I, I just felt, just, oh, wow, I just felt this is that what we think, we're not talking about it. We're just dealing with it. You know, we're we're being strong, we're pushing through, we're just trying to get, you know, taking it day by day. And although we may not be actually, you know, killing ourselves, we are slowly killing ourselves. Because if you look at the statistics, you know, African-Americans, blacks are, you know, have lead the numbers when it comes to hypertension, you know, heart attacks uh-huh. and strokes and diabetes. So we're not... We're depressed. We're not talking about the depression because we don't want the stigma tied to it. We don't want anyone to know that we're seeing a counselor or that we're seeing a shrink. So we are not going, you know, and maybe going ahead and taking our lives, but we are still slowly killing ourselves. Hmm. Because we don't want nobody in our business. Yes. But rather, I'd rather somebody be in in my business helping me deal with depression than in my business and burying me. Mm-hmm. You know, oh. um, it's, it's a and very, we don't very have the conversation. Yeah, we we don't. We don't. Well, I I'm thinking because I believe that I've had this discussion with a very close family member. I'm going to leave it at that. Um, And I'm going to just be like 100% honest, right, wrong, or indifferent. When this person said, yes, um, they felt depressed and suicidal and everything else, uh, my reaction might not have been right because, honestly, I felt like that person says things for attention, Mm-hmm. Um, like there, there was a whole breast cancer lie, you know. Wow. So I didn't know. I don't. It was years ago, so I don't remember my reaction. But I'm pretty sure my reaction was really wrong, um, because mm-hmm. I'm was 
you know, I'm still growing, and many years ago I wasn't even close to where I'm at now. So I'm pretty sure, like, girl, you lying or whatever. You know, it was probably something like that. Um, But I see, because you, I mean, let's just be honest, because that's like some of the posts on social media. I will see some Mm -hmm. posts and honestly, I'll be, I'll say, oh, they're just posting it for attention or posting it for mm-hmm. likes or comments. Um, uh-huh. What are y'all thoughts about that? Because that's like, because, I mean, you know, like what are y'all thoughts about that? Because that's my go-to thought. They're just posting it for attention. You know, I'm not going to lie. That's my first reaction. I think you we have to. But you have to know the signs, you know, like you gave out earlier, some of the signs, because um, you do, you will have those. You are, you do have people that are attention seekers and getters. But I think when it comes to true depression, you know, the beginning stages of sadness, true depression, um, even mental illness, we hadn't really um, touched on a lot of that because some people are undiagnosed because we don't want to go to the doctor and get the um, diagnosis that we may be bipolar or schizophrenic or uh-huh. dealing with some type of anxieties or mental deficits, you know, so we don't discover those things until it's too late. But I think when there's genuine, it's genuine, you will know it because you there's there's a look to it. Uh-huh. And I think we just have to stand still long enough or stop long enough to actually look at a person because so far, most of the time now we're talking to people while we're on our cell phone, we're planning stuff, we're doing stuff. But if you stop long enough to actually hear and see, you would know if they're genuine or not. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, mean, I, have to, I, have to, I have to agree with you, Blake, here. Because now, and just for me, you know, I look at some of it, Especially like the posting of pictures in the hospital. Why? Why did you post that? You know, you just did that to get sympathy, to get this stuff. So, and and especially knowing some of the people, you know them, right? So sometimes mm-hmm. you get that thought that like, okay, they just did that to get you know people on their page to say, oh, well, what's going on? What's happening? So you 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 get that. Um, but even like Levon said. To me, with that, even to even that, to some degree, is a form of mental illness. It's a mental mm-hmm. illness. Yeah. It's a lack of self love. It's a lack of understanding their self worth. Because if you have to do that, put yourself in the hospital with all this stuff, my current situation hashtag to get attention. There's something else <laughs> Y'all happening. Even laugh, with you. Though. <laughs> I mean, there's something else happening. So. It, 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 even that, you know, I have to say ouch on that because, you know, I said it to, okay, this is just an attention post and I keep scrolling. But at the same time now, I'm thinking, okay, I need to look deeper because there might be a slight mental issue going on right here. Yes. This isn't just an attention seeking, but what else is causing them to want to do this? Yes. And honestly, uh, and honestly, when I see posts and stuff like that, you know, like I said, my go-to reaction is um, Robin Williams. He committed suicide yeah. also, didn't he? Yes, he did. Because um, yes, I, I had just um, hashtag depression in Instagram, so I'm looking at some of the posts. 
of different different things um, dealing with that. And I saw that, and it's that's so sad. Like you know, the, okay, you think about the first thing you think about. Okay, you know that person's not here, and then it's like, oh my God, they committed suicide. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's like a secondary um, reaction. But I kind of wanted to go back to the statistics, um, and we are like past our hour. I'm good for another thirty. Are y'all good? Or y'all good, queens? Mm-hmm. Y'all good? Okay. Yeah. Um, with you. I'm. I was surprised because um, if somebody said Valencia, who do you think commits suicide more? Black women or 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 white women, because um, I think you said what black women more, or you said less, 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 less. Um, mm-hmm. I'm kind of surprised. Blacks were that. like last. Yeah, blacks was like last across the board. I was very surprised. Me, me too, mm-hmm. because. There, I'm surprised they're not. I'm su- I'm surprised because <clears throat> if we look at you know socioeconomic status and things that's going on in the world and the weight of the world that's on the you know black woman in particular or or women in particular, you just you know you would think. But it kind of goes back to the title of the show, the myth of the strong woman. Strong, mm-hmm. you know. A strong woman, and I do, I do believe because you do hear the term "strong black woman." Let's just be honest, you mm-hmm. know, strong mm-hmm. black woman. You got to be a strong black woman, and you know, mm-hmm. so being that strong black woman, it's hard to say, "Hey, I, I think I'm a little depressed. I might need to go talk to somebody or something." Girl, yeah. you a strong black woman, you know. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes yeah. strength is weight. Yes. Yes. It is. Go ahead, LaVon. Now I was gonna say it um the and I wanna make sure I, I quote where we are where I'm getting this from. This is from the National Um Suicide Prevention. Um I'm actually on their site. But when it speaks to as far as attempts, now we as we said, men were higher, were the number one between the sexes, but women um are reportedly have the higher number of suicide attempts. Oh. So women could actually be more. It's just that it's it, it equates more to attempts. They weren't successful. But it's that adult females reported a suicide attempt that is 1.2 times as often as men. Wow. But, you know, I think I read somewhere, and uh, I'm – not like 100% sure, but I think I read somewhere that men commit suicide generally like with a gun. They generally shoot themselves mm-hmm. or something like mm-hmm. that. And women are more um, like I think the number one way women attempt to commit suicide is by pills. Yeah, poisoning mm-hmm. 14.9%. There, it okay. firearms, like you said, by men, it's fifty-one percent for um, the poison. It's under poisoning for women. That is, um, that's that's very interesting. But it mm-hmm. with I think with women because okay, 
we take care of the kids, we take care of the house. We we got two we have a whole lot of stuff to take care of. Mm-hmm. You know? So whereas and I and not saying men don't, but you know, we're women, so we're talking about it from a woman's perspective. Um, we have so much stuff to take care of. I think with the depression comes the the guilt of who gonna take care of this stuff if something happens to me. Uh huh. Yep. <laughs> exactly. You know who's gonna take mm-hmm. care of the kids? And it, it it's more weight. And I think a lot of times, because even if we look at <clears throat> health rates, you know, um, with because I think women have more issues with, like, heart disease and stuff like that than men. Don't quote me, but I'm 90% sure of that. Um, Because we put ourselves last internally, externally, and and those things, because we have to take care of everybody else. And then what happens is later on in life, you know, or maybe not so later on in life, we're feeling like we haven't accomplished anything and we're feeling guilty for that and you know, the weight of the world is on a woman's shoulders. And so you do need those um, friends or those anonymous sources because they do have anonymous sources people could seek um, to say, hey, I'm, I, don't, I don't know. It's so dark I don't know where I'm at and I don't know how to get out. Ladies, your thoughts? Hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have to have someone to talk to. You have to be able to reach out. And like you said, there are anonymous. I mean, there are, um, even with the suicide helpline, which has an easy number, um, that is just 1-800-273-TALK, because sometimes that's what you need to do. You just need to be able to call and tell someone, you know what, I I am in this dark cloud and I can't see my way out. You know, so having that and having that support system where you could say, you know what, hold up, I can't. I'm tired of being everything to everybody else. Today, I need somebody to be here for me. I love that. That's the that's the truth. Because typically, you see a lot of quotes um, about keeping stuff to yourself, and one I personally say, and I'm gonna attempt not to say it anymore, but. The only secrets between two people is if one of them is dead. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I know it, it takes a minute mm-hmm. to absorb that that quote. Um, so for the longest time, meaning for the longest time, I wouldn't tell anybody anything that could ever be used against me. Like you grow up with a, you know, as women, especially as black women, we grow up with this mob, mafia type mentality that we we can't tell anybody anything because, you know, they'll use it against us and we have to protect this and protect that and we have to hold so much you can't tell nobody nothing. You know, and I, and for the longest time, and like I said, I'm still growing, you know, but I'm admitting it for the, it's, there is nothing nobody knows that I would care if it got out, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's know, sad, just, but that's the truth. But, but you know, Go I ahead. have, it just, it, 
I guess for me the bigger the bigger thing is that like where did it start that these things need to be secret? Like where did that that mm. come from? Because and then after something happens, well, you know, she did say or he did say, well, wait a minute, why did yep. you say? Yeah, you know, like when did it wow. become? A, when did it get to a point where it says, well. Fine, I can keep some secrets because I'm not going to lie. If, if if somebody tells me, you know, I'm having these thoughts, okay, I'm gonna t- I'm telling them to their face. Okay, I know we usually keep stuff between us. This right here, this is not going to stay with that. We're going right. to get you some help. You'll be mad yes. at me later, and that's fine. I'll deal with that. But what I won't deal with is knowing the information I know when something happens to you and yep. I did nothing. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's, I don't know, it just bothers me. It's like, okay, if you know that they're dealing, they're, well, they're fine. There's some people that will not tell anybody. You know, um, they, they they won't say a word. They, there's nobody, but, I, guess, I guess they just figure nobody to talk to, or and it just came up out of nowhere. And fine, no, I, okay, nobody knew who but But, you know, like, why are we... I don't know. It just that part. Like, where did it all begin? I mean, that's well, interesting because I'm like, yeah, where did this start? Who started this? That you know, don't tell people what's going on. And it is. It goes. You want to think how far back does this go? And I understand, like in today's time, which we, you know, we talked about a couple of weeks ago, with you know, you're afraid of being in competition. You know, someone's going to use this against you you know you always feel like it's like in a court of law you know anything you say can and will be used against Uh you and so it makes you afraid but I just feel like if you know you have a genuine relationship shouldn't shouldn't that be a criteria if you're going to call somebody your best friend your sister you know you're going to put how much you love them and you can hang out with them. You can lend them money. They can borrow your clothes. They can live in your house, but you can't tell them you're hurting. You know, shouldn't right. that be a criteria for friendship, for relationship, I, for intimacy? I would mm-hmm. say, mm-hmm. like, you didn't hit so many nails on the head. Y'all know this is going to be a part two show. <laughs> going to be a part two show um i would i could honestly say that um when you've seen and i think shannon said this on on when we talked about um fierce competition um that show i can't remember Mm -hmm. but that um i forgot what i was going to say but it is it's hard to it's almost hard to trust people these days. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um yeah. and and it's those are some things that we have to steadily deal with because we're having to un, undo stuff really that started before us. These are yeah. our generational yeah. issues that were passed down. Yeah. You know, because in order for you to hear as a child, um, that ain't my business, that's not your business, what goes on in this house, stay in this house, um, you know, you got to be a strong black woman and everything else. Those are things we're told, ingrained with as a kid. So 
our parents yeah. or whoever told us that had like it it goes way further, way back. you know, generational. Uh-huh. You know, and oh, and it one oh, of the things kids kids are to be seen and not heard. You know, I don't. And you think about that, if that's like the mentality that people have, then if a child is depressed, they're being bullied or going through whatever Mm. in school and they're to be seen and not heard, they're not going to tell you. Exactly. Mm. Wow. That's really something to... um, Wow. That's deep. So, so, yeah. Because you learned that as as a kid, so... If you think about getting that message as a kid, you know, kids are to be seen, especially little girls, sugar and sugar and mm-hmm. spice and everything nice, you know. Yeah. But if you get that message as a kid, you know, children are to be seen and, and not heard. And, you know, girls are supposed to be sugar, spice, and everything nice. Your voice is taken away from you. Your feelings are taken away from you before you even know what they are and how to deal with them because you're taught to be silent and sweet. Absolutely. Somebody better hit on that because I'm done. Like, that's why I dropped the mic. (laughs) But look, and then, and then, and, and, and it's off topic, but on to what you said, but then this is why we see these young girls, 15, 16, running around half naked. They're being seen. Nobody cares what mm-hmm. they have to say. They're being seen because uh. you've told them to be seen and not heard. So I do what's necessary to be seen. Wow. Mm. Where did it come from? Yes. Levon. I mean, that's just deep. Like a whole, oh, other, that is a whole so deep. other show. It's yeah. A whole, it's a whole other show. It's, it's, because really you think where all that starts. That is a yeah. whole nother show because you, you, mm-hmm. we started, we fussing the things that we cry over, we fuss at our kids about, we're disciplining them for. We started it. Yeah. Be yep. seen and not heard. People can see you, but we don't want to hear you. Mm-hmm. Be quiet. Sit down. You know, little girls, you're just supposed to sit here and be quiet and smile and be pretty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like you say, we've taken their voice. We robbed them at a young age, teaching them yep. not to speak up. So when they do, when they are depressed, who are they going to tell? Oh, I just have to look pretty, put a smile on my face, and be pretty. Because mm-hmm. I know That's I think Shannon that is. said this earlier that you were still, or one of y'all said that you were still, you know, getting dressed. Like outwardly, you didn't look like you were ready to take your last breath. Mm-mm. You know? Yeah, she said she got ready and, to work and everything. Yeah. I mean, that's really something we, we need to think about. But, you know, I know we've had different comments and said different things about people wearing pajama pants and bonnets in public. <laughs> um, she will not let that go. <laughs> but, I mean, okay, so, but what if, like, that's, like, really – and I'm and I'm really like being serious. It may sound funny, but I'm being serious. But what if that's like a cry for help? Because one of the signs of depression is you don't you you think about it, you don't feel like getting yourself together and in everything oh. else. Or let's say, what if it initially started as a cry for help, and then everybody else just turned it into a trend? You know, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. because. 
you know, you have to get up, get dressed, and look great for the world. Some of us are taught that, but what if truly, because truly that is a sign of, of depression, not. Yeah, because you're not taking care of yourself. Right. Right. You don't care. You don't wow. care. That's you know, that makes good point. Me, and that's something to think about. Like that makes Absolutely. me want to, you know, maybe pass a note to the next time I see somebody with pajama pants and a bonnet. Like, hey, are you okay? I mean, like, really? Wow. Because I But know, I think oh. it's us moving to a place where we're actually seeing people. You know, right. seeing them, not just noticing. Mm-hmm. We Love noticed that. the pajama pants and the bonnet, but did we see them? You know, it, it's no different than that woman that's still with domestic violence where you think she just like wearing those big sunglasses or she likes wearing that mm-hmm. hair over her eye because she got an asymmetric cut. But did you really see mm-hmm. her? Right. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So as we get ready to uh, close out tonight's show, because um, we definitely will uh, schedule a part two on this, and a lot of you guys have asked about doing a part two on colorism, which we will also hit again within the next, mm-hmm. you know, couple of weeks. As we get ready to to kind of close out tonight's show, and hopefully we've opened up some some discussions for people to have, at least, you know, start within your household. As we've learned from LaVon, you know, it 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 starts at 10 statistically according, but it, it starts earlier, you yeah. know. So mm-hmm. have have those, you know, start having those discussions and Google ways to talk to your your kids or your family about depression to at least open it up. Um yeah. So that would be that would be my tip for tonight. Um, Shannon, would you what what would be your tip for the listening audience tonight? Um, my tip, um, for those that are not suffering, um, as Lavon and Valencia just said, start seeing the people around you. Don't just notice them, start seeing them. Pay attention to what's happening around you. Pay attention to the people that you have in your life or that you work with. Pay attention because there might be certain things they're doing that's crying out for help. And with the way that we've we've discussed that, you know, we've been raised and we've raised, they're not going to say it always. So it's going to take you to reach out now. It's going to take you to, to go the mile and to say, okay, hey, are you okay? You know, you're not being yourself lately. Are you good? So definitely start seeing people and not just notice them anymore. Start actually seeing them. Look at look at all the clues around you and, and, and be that voice and don't just tell them to go pray about it. Pray with them and for them and help them get some help. Yes. Amen. LaVon? Um, my closing thought would be I would just want to leave the information um, Get the help. Seek. There is help available. Um, As we mentioned earlier, the Suicide Prevention Hotline, 1-800-273-TALK. 
1-800-273-TALK. They also have a website, suicidepreventionlifeline.org. For parents, it has a lot of resources on there that will be a great place to start if you're trying to figure out the signs, if you're trying to figure out how to start the conversation with the questions. Check with your local area. There's Usually most areas have a local uh, free um, mental health clinic. Don't be afraid to ask for help outside of your family. Don't be afraid to go to psychologists, psychiatrists. They're there to help us. They're there to help us. So seek the help, get the help, use it. Please. Amen. What a great show, um, Queens, as usual. Thank you guys so much for joining us tonight. We know it was a, a heavy show, but that's what Define You Radio, the hot seat, our hot seat Tuesdays, that's what it's all about, having those discussions just like you with some real girlfriends that you could really open up to and talk about all the things that you think about but maybe don't have anyone to talk about them with. So um, with that being said, pens and papers down, class is officially over. Make sure you connect with the show and LaVon and Shannon and me on Define You Radio's Facebook page. And, of course, all of our information is posted, will be posted. Let us know your thoughts. Don't forget to reach out for help. And we will definitely be continuing the myth of the strong woman. I think we're going to make that a series and talk about the myth of the strong woman in other ways. And if you have suggestions for a show, make sure you let us know that too. Well, guys, it's been a long show. So until next time, remember your past doesn't define you. It gives you definition, and it's up to you what you do with that. Y'all have a great night. Thank you for listening to Define You Radio. Make sure you connect with the show on Define You Radio's Facebook page or visit ValenciaGWallace.com. Until next time, remember your past doesn't define you. It gives you definition, and what you do with that is up to you.